0: So my name is Ryan Philpot, and I was in London's Burning twice. The first time I played a character called Danny. I don't know if he had a surname, uh, he possibly did. Uh, but and then I came back a couple of years later and I played Eddie Walker, Joe Walker, the firefighters brother. My first appearance uh, when I played Danny was my third job out of drama school. I was 22. It was 1996. I remember it was nice and warm when we filmed it. But um, I went down to Long Lane, which was the old, which you know well, I'm sure, the the, uh, the, stu- the 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 fire station recording studio place. But they they also had a production office there as well for for auditions. And I went down there and I auditioned for the casting director, who was Corinne Rodriguez, who I'm sure has been mentioned a lot. Um, went down there, and met the director, Indra Bose who I believe you've also interviewed for this. Um, and um, I think I got offered it then and there. It was only one episode and it's very rare to get, get an offer just like that. And I think I got offered it. And then I I came out and I phoned my agent. I said, I've got it. And she said, darling, it doesn't work like that. You'll have to wait for the offer. I said, no, they told me I've got it. Uh, and then they did, which was great. But there are plenty of other times where I thought I got jobs and then I didn't over the years, but that was the, that was the first one. Um, and then the, the other one, uh, which we'll come on to, I suppose, later to talk about. But the other one was a couple of years later, and that was to play Eddie Walker. But I didn't go up for that. The episode I started as Eddie was directed by Steve Finn, um, and the casting director then was Angie Carroll, and that was in 1999. And I went up for it in that episode. The sort of like the the comedy <laughs> sort of other plot was this bloke getting married, and uh, there was a best man in it who was like the cheeky cockney come on mate we're getting you spliced character that was actually a line so I remember learning it so and I went up for that part and I probably wasn't very good so I probably did it like that and uh I, I did it I read it and then it was Steve Finn was the director and I remember he just went um Angie and he just sh- he just pointed at something and he was obviously pointing at this other character this new character Eddie um and he went oh could you read for this instead and I was like okay fine so I read for it And um, there was lots of nodding. Nodding's good in an interview. Nodding's good. Kind of blank faces and let's just get this over with is not good in in an audition. But nodding's good. And so I went home and I remember my agent phoned me. She said, yeah, you've got the the bigger part. So I wasn't very good for the one I went up for, but I got the other one. And that was, I think, about five episodes playing Eddie, who was Joe's brother. So they're the the two things. They're the two moments of getting the job. Yeah, so so part of Danny, um, he was... um, he was very unlike me at that point in my life. He was really domesticated and he was doing lots of DIY at home, whereas I spent most of my um, early 20s uh, not being in any way domesticated at all. But I could pretend to. And uh, so they put me in a check shirt um, and uh, I was sort of like a poor man's Joe Mangle from Neighbours. I think that was the idea. And um, they had me some power tools and all that kind of stuff. And I was doing a bit of um, paint um, uh sort of heat to sort of take the paint off of a, off of some tiles and it was one of those those hot gun things. Again, you can tell. I have no idea um what I'm doing or how or what I was doing and how these things worked. But the idea was is he was doing some stuff, um, a bit of DIY with his girlfriend in the other room. And then there was a power cut because there was some there was some maintenance work going on in the street and it caused a power cut. So he's in the middle of doing this thing and then suddenly it stops and he goes, oh that's weird but doesn't turn it off at the wall and doesn't turn it off at the thing he thinks. So he goes out to see what's going on. He goes outside and there's an old lady called Janet or something. And he talks to her and, and, uh, Oh, I don't know what's going on. But of course then the power comes back on and the thing comes back on and it starts, it starts a fire, Um, a big fire. So, so what I remember of that is uh, the, the, it was my third job and I'd only done two little tele jobs before then but it was the first time I'd really experienced the idea of an exterior and an interior shooting sequence so we'd done the interiors in a in a proper house and then somewhere I can't remember where somewhere in South London I think and then we went to then it was like oh you're and on the call sheet it said you're going to Woolwich down to the old Woolwich um, sort of um, all that bit there that's all lots of old buildings and warehouses and Things like that on the other side of the Woolwich Ferry. I remember I remember driving because I live in Essex getting on the Woolwich Ferry to go and I thought this is I feel like I'm going into like a war movie. It felt great. But Anyway, so I remember getting there and um, it was they would built the house entirely from wood from the outside uh, so that we could do the interiors, but most importantly, so they could put the whole thing up in flames. Uh, so, so what I do remember about that episode, particularly, is the fact that everyone else, by the time they got it all ready for the actual fire, and I had to go back in and I start messing about with the power tool and whatever, and then eventually, that's so what I, I think I had to get a, I think I tried to douse it with a tea towel that was wet. That didn't work. Then I grabbed an actual, um, uh, uh, like like a I don't know like a sink bucket thing like you know it's in the sink and then grab it and chuck water because it just happened to be there handily chuck water over the the electric stuff which caused a massive explosion um so I had to do all of that and then then be in there while there was a fire and everyone thinks oh no he's going to die um but I just remember that everybody obviously cameramen everyone everyone all the the guys the the, you know the grip the clapper loader everyone continuity everyone in like all in their in their protective fire gear and then in the end they just left like the most important people so i think probably just probably just the cameraman or two cameramen in the end i can't remember there might have been two cameras on it but they were like looked like something out of a 1950s sci-fi movie like so protected and then there's just me with a cap on back to front and my check shirt and i was like um OK, and probably in any other job, you'd go, uh, no, I'm not having this. I could die. But of course, I, you know, I wanted to uh, be on telly. So I didn't I didn't say too much. I thought I'll be all right. And I was, um, I think. But um, yeah, that's what I remember of it. It was fun. It was fun. Um, and it, I did sort of think, yeah, this is why I became an actor to um, be in uh, simulated uh, fire uh, incidents. Yeah. So, so Eddie was different because Eddie was. Not. classic sort of one episode you're either going to be the bloke who's you know who's been chained to a you know to a fridge in a in like a stag night gone wrong incident or or you're going to be someone in a fire you know when you're a guest artist which is what danny was whereas with eddie he was he was a semi-regular character um and after i did it actually the first series there were even rumblings of maybe a bit more but that never happened possibly because I wasn't very good. I don't know. But anyway, it didn't happen, but it it could have done because I was, I was more, it was, it was, it was more about the relationships because I was supposedly um, right, what I had been in the army and I was Joe's um, slightly errant brother, but nothing too, nothing too bad, but he was a bit of a cheeky chappy and had been in the army and I just started hanging around with them a bit with the firemen. Um, so I was involved in more of the the sort of relationship storyline stuff. And of course you had all the, stuff going on with joe and um heather's character um and uh dan uh dan's character um and yeah and and that's sort of the love triangle and i was sort of there going oh the thing is bruv i re-, you know i i guess i was a bit of a conduit for um you know as a bit of a Somewhere for him to dump his his, uh, his thoughts about what was going on, and there was a few there was a few bits that I was involved in, but then ultimately um, they had to get me into a fire somehow. So I think it was about my fourth or fifth episode. Um, yeah, I was in a fire. You'd have think I'd have seen that coming, wouldn't you? You'd have thought I'd have seen that coming. Um, and it was, um, I think, Joe. Uh, sorry, um, when he, he might have already mentioned it, Jim. I thought, I saw Jim's one. He he did this, and he mentioned the episode that, that we where we were dressed up as. <laughs> as oh it was um 70s glam uh rockers or something and it was written by jonathan guy lewis who who was obviously one of the who was the you know he was the main guy wasn't he in the station for a bit for a bit before eddie peel took over and he he was also a very very good writer i'm, I'm sure you probably interviewed him or but yeah he, he'd written this episode i remember he said to me oh you've got a good one in episode 12 or something and i was like oh great lovely um and um we all had to dress up as seventies glam rockers cause it was some sort of seventies theme night. And, um, I was Brian from the suite who there's one for the kids. Uh, but yeah, the Sweet. Uh, who's saying, I think it was, um, bloodbuster. I think that was it. Um, and, um, and then I had to be him. So I had to wear this blonde wig and had all like star, uh, stars on my face and things. Um, I look terrible. I look like Wendy Richard in, in, um, are you being served? Um, no I, no, I didn't look that good. Um, but anyway, and then I remember Jim was supposed to supposed to be no, he, he was supposed to be uh, Mark Bolan. Kind of looked more like Cher, but he, he looked good. And then I think Dan was David Bowie, and he, he looked he looked quite cool because he had this big sort of thing across his face. And then Heather was um, uh, Susie Quattro. Um, and I remember that day we were filming, and Connor was in it as well. Connor Byrne—I can't remember who he who he who he was being in that, but he was being somebody, someone hilarious. But um, and I remember when we filmed it that day, i had been out the night before with a friend because I, 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 I live in Essex, but I stayed over in London before we were filming, and I just had a couple of beers. I hadn't had much; it wasn't it wasn't a hangover, but for some reason I had a really really funny tummy that day. And I remember filming those scenes and having to basically be sick behind a bush a few times which is pretty bad. And I remember, but I remember Dan sort of going, ah, you must have done it last night. I was like, no, honestly, I I haven't, but maybe I did. I don't know. I remember that very well. And I remember I was in a, so then I was in a fire. So what happened is I was in a fire and I remember there was a, I had a girlfriend in it. I know I, I had a kind of end up having a one night stand with the bar uh, girl who was far too attractive really to a, I've been working in the flea pit that, we were in <laughs> to a fancy me, but anyway, we ended up together. So we had this kind of one night stand, but that meanwhile, the jealous boyfriend downstairs who had the hunt with me, who was kind of like psycho boyfriend, uh, had decided to torch the place, um, uh, not knowing that uh, we were both up there. He was just torching the place as a kind of a, I'm going to burn this place down because I'm annoyed. Didn't know that we were up there, but we were up there. So then we woke up in, uh, in a fire. So I got to be in a fire uh, again in the end. So, that, that was the main bit I remember about Eddie uh, that was the, the big episode with Eddie and the rest of the time yeah I was had some nice bits just nice chats and stuff with with Joe often just sort of while he was in pursuit of um, of Heather's character um I think costume and makeup wise I never had I never had actual sort of terrible uh, injuries like that had to be seen I've done other things where I've played um soldiers where they've done some amazing prosthetics with wounds and things but it was never anything more than dirt and smoke inhalation stuff so there was an awful lot of that going on and there was an awful lot of that sticky glycerine stuff I remember that and coming up and spraying you and they kept coming up in between takes I'm talking about the, in the fire scenes not in the not in the scenes where I'm, I'm drunk playing Brian from the suite or anything but yeah like sort of in general sort of keeping you looking hot and sweaty and sticky and, and mucky it was very mucky I remember being feeling quite filthy in general when I was doing the fire scenes, whether it was Danny or whether it was when I was um, Eddie in his fire scene. And then, of course, there was the fun of the uh, the makeup and stuff for um, the glam rock episode. But but other than that, um, yeah, when we were just doing the normal stuff, because in a way, I, I mean, it wasn't ever soapy, uh, London's burning, but it, it did become more like the relationship side of things. You had you know the, the shouts. Um, and then you had the relationship. So in the relationship bits, yeah, often it'd just be me in a I don't know, like a dodgy 90s white t-shirt and jeans and a and a and a leather jacket, sitting having a pint with Joe in a. I remember we went to this this uh, crypt, the crypt in uh, in um, Brixton, and Heather was singing because Heather was a, a brilliant singer. Um, she still is a brilliant singer, and um she sung ooh i can't remember what the song was but it was really good anyway it was a lovely 60s um soul thing she sang really well and me and joe were sort of there having a pint and um he was trying to sort of just sort of tell me how much he loved her and i was getting him to do um like flaming sambukas or something being really really helpful (laughs) big brother i remember that very very well but no makeup wise yeah i didn't um i didn't have to wear makeup other than for um the fire bits yeah yeah, so I've already mentioned Jim quite a lot, but Jim was great because um, I've sort of mentioned a lot of the the bits we did. Because I, I think I was in maybe five episodes, but it was also off-screen as well. Joe, um, sorry, Jim was great. Uh, and we were both, I think I, I, think we were the same age or maybe I was a year older, or maybe I'd been out of drama school one more year. But we were basically both, and the same with Dan um, and Heather. We were all, I mean, they were kind of established, but we all... We are all similar. We'd all come out of drama school at roughly the same time and we are all young and hungry and excited. And obviously having, and being in a job like that, you kind of think you're going to do that forever. And you think that uh, this is the first thing of, of many. Um, and in a way it is, but um, you also look back and you think what, how lucky we were to be in that situation. And the the bar, which I'm sure you've heard the others talk about, but the bar at Long Lane that we used for, for filming the bar, there was like the pub where they would go and have a beer, was also the the pub for everyone um at long lane when we'd finished filming so i've actually got very blurry memories of the times when we were there filming pub scenes pretending to be drunk drinking nasty caliber beer that smelled horrible um and the other times when we were actually just drunk in there uh because it's the same people and there's still richard walsh sitting on a stool there and 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 uh, michael garner over there um and then, you know, Eddie Peel coming in, asking for some peanuts. And I actually can't remember which, which scenes were real and which ones were, um, which ones were filmed. Because we did spend a day there doing, uh, this is a good one, we did this one time where uh, we would, Eddie, when Eddie Peel arrived as the, new, as the new main guy for the, for the station, uh, we were playing this game of darts. And it was me, it was all of the gang and, and, and me. I was kind of like the rogue non-firefighter who was there. And the idea was we were playing darts and then in comes the new chief who everyone's a bit like, oh, who's this? And he comes in, grabs, grabs the three darts, throws treble 20, treble 20, treble 20, 180. Well, that's what it said in the script. And we were all like, OK, that's fine. But unless we cast Eric Bristow, how are we actually going to do that? And they we like, ah, oh, we'll be all right. We'll be all right. So we were like, well, should we just do one? Shall we just go for one? It's like, yeah, let's just go for one. So Eddie comes in, you know, he, he orders his pint, he grabs the darts. Here we go. Ping, I think he just came straight out. And we're like, okay, that's all right. We'll, we'll, we'll Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll cut there, but we'll cut into it. We'll cut into it. So let's just go from the throwing of the darts and we'll just get a nice shot from behind you, Eddie. And he's like, I've been practising. I've been practising. So, okay, we'll get it from behind your head. So first one, just get a treble 20 to get us going. Ping, it goes off flying. So there's like, ah, oh, okay. Okay, let's just throw one treble 20. Let's just at least throw a treble 20, and then that's a starting point. Come on, Eddie. So we did about 10 of those. It, I don't think he got one. He might have got one, but it was a it was a it was a mess. And so in the end, it was like, well, what about we just see the darts flying into the board? So it doesn't have to be Eddie. So then you've literally got like the grip and like the, the clap loader going, Yeah, I'll have a go. I'm pretty good. <laughs> so then everyone is having a go. Everyone is having a go to try and hit the treble 20. And in the end, they just went, oh, do you know what? Let's just put it in. Let's put three in the treble 20 and just do a cutaway shot. I literally went, someone just put the dart in. It was so super close. And the dart went, Ugh. And then you just cut back to Eddie going, yeah. And everyone going, cool, he's good. But yeah, that's just an example of where a writer can write that stuff. But to actually, to actually do it is, is, uh, is, is something else. But that was all in that bar at Long Lane. Yeah, well, is it um I worked in in two kind of different eras, really. So the first era was the sort of um I would say slightly more kind of classic, because there were still people that were in it then, or people that I'd grown up watching. I mean, saying that Michael Garner and and Ben and Wookwee and um and Richard Walsh, they were still in it the, the second time, I mean, and obviously they were absolute legends. Um, but the first time they they were in it, but and obviously Glenn, Glenn Murphy. But that first time, you also had Clive Wood, and you had um, I can't remember his name, but the uh, the Greek actor who played Nick. Yeah. Um, he I he was in it, and the other person who was in it the first time who was I I thought he was brilliant was John Alford, and he was so welcoming when um I did that episode. He was so such a nice bloke, and I've been I've been brought up watching Grange Hill, and I think John Alford was probably a year or two older than me, but very much. Uh, a sort of a peer and a, and someone I looked up to and just I thought you lucky thing anyone that was in Grange Hill I was so jealous of when I was a kid and he was always great in Grange Hill and um and then when he was in that he was he was great and they say you know don't meet your heroes and I remember meeting him and on it was classic John Alford, really I think because on the first day we went over and so it meant we had to come in for an extra extra bit of filming and obviously they were all on main contracts whereas I was just on a day rate because I was just a, a guest artist and so I had to be rebooked I remember him coming up to me saying listen you want to get on your agent and sort this and you're going to get more money and he was really and i was like oh is that how it works I'm like, okay brilliant and i just remember that that nice thing of selling the ele- sending the elevator back down not being all grand he was he was really nice and he wasn't doing it in a patronizing way he was just really nice and um all that stuff that came afterwards for him i look back and i think he was really unlucky because he was a really good actor he he, he was he was very good at what he did and I think he was, yeah, he did get caught out, and that's such a shame because he was, he, he should still be on telly now because he was always good, uh, and uh, I know a lot of actors that have got away with a lot, of, a lot worse, and 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 uh, yeah, he was, um, it's a, it's a real shame. Jo- John Alford was was one I remember being uh, really great to work with then, so that was then. I th- have I missed anyone? Don't think so. Second time around, yeah. So it was very much sort of, um, so I say I kept saying Dan, but I mean Brad, don't I? Brad played Dan. Sorry, so it was Brad, Jim, Heather. They were the young uns. Then there was Connor, who was a bit slightly older, but still basically a young'un. Um, and then there was also um oh, who played uh hi-ho, um Luke uh Fu Man. Fu man was there as well. and he was lovely. Um, and then you had kind of yeah, you had the classics. You had Michael. Ben and Richard, who are all also also welcome. I don't think I've, I've I've left anyone else out, but yeah. So it was um and Glenn yeah, and, and Glenn, because um, Glenn is a bit of an Essex boy as well. So I'm an Essex boy. So Glenn, we talk about West Ham and um whereas Jim sported Palace. So that was always another thing with me and Jim. Pa- uh, he was a Palace fan and I was West Ham fan. But um, yeah, and, and Glenn was lovely too. Glenn always sort of took took me under his wing a bit as well. So, yeah, it, it was it was fun, fun times. I think I've probably told you all the ones that, that's, that um, stand out for me. But I think most of all, the thing about London's Burning for me was that having started watching it as a, as a boy in, or, or a young teenager in 86, or when, it's, when did it start? Uh, 86, was it? Um, I probably got that wrong. But anyway, um, I always liked it. It was always good. And Jim Rosenthal had written some fantastic TV, anyway, that I latterly, I'm a writer as well as an actor now. And someone like um Jack, did I say Jim Rosenthal? No, Jack Rosenthal, yeah. Jim Rosenthal's the boxing guy. Anyway, uh, Jack Rosenthal, uh, who was married to um, Maureen Lipman, he'd written some brilliant stuff before. And London's Burning was such a simple idea, it, it resonated. And I always loved watching it. So a bit, I did other things like EastEnders as well, and The Bill, where you've watched them and then you're in them. And that's quite, quite weird. But for London's Burning, it was a real, it was a real, honor to be in it and to be in those sort of yeah the fire situations but be in those boys' own adventure daring do type situations um yeah and it's sort it's, it's a bit it was a bit like a, but being a budget Hollywood actor you know it was kind of like yeah this is this is why I went to drama school yeah it's great uh so my 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 overall my overall um thoughts on it are is it was a brilliant thing to be part of. Um, and clearly it resonates still today and that's why that's why you're doing what you're doing which is fantastic so thank you for that andrew i was secretly always hoping that they would go actually you could be a fireman i always well of course i wanted that um and i think it might have happened i don't know if it was just pub talk but i remember chatting with a couple of the guys and they they, they said it was it was being discussed because i suppose it wouldn't have been that that stranger fit, um, bearing in mind I w- I'd come out of the army. I was Joe's brother. It, it could have worked, but it didn't for for whatever reason. Maybe they just thought I was rubbish. I don't know, but uh, it didn't happen. And, um, but I would have loved to. So then what was weird is a couple of years later, I in about 2000, there was a BBC series called Murder in Mind and they were episodic um, like standalone um, dramas about murder obviously hence the title and my one was set in a in a fire station and it was it was um steve mcfadden from eastenders who i ended up doing loads of stuff on eastenders with years later but he was on a a little bit of a a hiatus from eastenders he would left eastenders i think ross kemp had left eastenders and gone and you know in search of like rooting out brazilian drug cartels or whatever he was doing and i think i think steve thought he would have a go at getting out of EastEnders and doing some other stuff. So that was one of the first things he did. And um, so he, his character hires uh, this uh, hitman to kill. So this ca- he played a fireman himself and there was a young fireman who was like a young uh, upstart who was having an affair with his wife. And uh, that's who I played. And um, he hires Keith Allen to kill me. Um, entirely believable uh, plot and premise, but anyway, and uh, uh, so I was a fireman, Steve McFadden was a fireman, I get the job and then I get the call sheet for first day of filming and where is it? It's Long Lane. So it's very surreal, I, again, I, I get I get this blurry memory of whether I was really drunk or pretending to be drunk in the bar at Long Lane. And then we were back at Long Lane filming fireman scenes and I'm a fireman now at Long Lane, but I'm not in London's Burning, I'm in Murder in Mind, but I'm wearing a fireman's outfit. Um, uh, uniform is probably the correct word. Um, so uh, I did that, and, um, and I did think, oh, it's such a shame. It's such a shame because because I, I remember going back. I think we still had Roger there. Roger was the guy who was like the sort of Bear grills guy that knew everything about being a fireman. Um, but he, he was he was the guy. He was like Mister Alpha. He was lovely, but I remember it was like Roger. Roger was the guy, and, and we had him on that as well. So in every way, it was like being on London's Burning, um, except I had Steve McFadden hiring Keith Allen to kill me uh as you do so yeah there but i would have loved i'd love to have been a fireman but they didn't want me so i think we need to um we need to uh talk about the elephant in the room here and that is this thing under my nose that is not a fashion choice i'm currently in a play and i need this to play robert louis stevenson and that's what it is it's not having this tash is quite a statement it's a proper walrus tash this And um, I've got used to it now, but I'm walking around at the moment and my poor wife, I mean, I I haven't even had a peck from my wife since I've had this. Um, I'm playing Robert Louis Stevenson at the moment in Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. We're on tour in, um, it's a small tour, but we're going to Aylesbury and Wimbledon and Brentwood and we've just been at Horn Church. So if you're interested, uh, look that up. But I'm doing that at the moment because I'm actually the artistic director of the Dickens Theatre Company. I've been doing that for about the last five years. Uh, we specialise in doing adapted literary classics. So we've got a production of Macbeth, and we've got a production of A Christmas Carol. And now we, we've just finished rehearsing, and uh, we've now we've now just started the tour of Doctor Jekyll and Mr Hyde. And we either go to theatres or we go into schools. We focus on young people. Um, so if, any, if there's any young people watching this, then uh, come and watch our show but it's I'm guessing it's probably more likely if your grandchildren are studying this then or your children are studying uh then do come and watch our stuff but that's what I'm doing and I write and I adapt and I produce it all um and it makes me very very busy uh I haven't done any telly for a while um but but I am still an actor but I generally do theatre these days um the last telly i did i did a thing called jack ryan on um which is um on uh, amazon i did a tiny bit on that um i did a thing where i played elton john's dad obviously you can see it um and um i was on extended for a while um back, of, back going back a few years and um yeah you know, the usual stuff really, but i am still doing it it's i'm still i'm still standing i'm still here it is still actually a thing that I do derive an income from, which I suppose when I look back to the day when I went to drama school in the first place, um, that, that was the point, wasn't it? So hopefully I'm still doing it, but I am looking forward to uh, the end of May when I can kill the dead animal. I, I'd just like to say thank you very much for, for having me. And also I've watched all of the other ones, well, as many as, I, as many as I can. It's brilliant that you're doing this and it's lovely to keep it going. I think London's Burning is fantastic. And I do think there is somewhere a, I know there was the smoke, which was, was a recent thing, but I do think a, a, a TV show about firefighters uh, would be fantastic. And also another London, a contemporary London drama, I think would be brilliant as well. So thanks for, thanks for keeping it alive. And um, yeah, good luck with it all. Thanks for having me.